All right, guys, my name is Dr. Shornell Wolverton Sihan. I am with Swiftfire True TV. Super excited today because I have a lot, several brand new guests here with me on the show today. And uh, I actually met these guys. I've done a few things with Sudi on Instagram and her show. And um, she invited me last week, I believe it was, and met these two gentlemen, uh, Simon and Tree, and just so excited. Uh, I had so much fun with them on the panel. We were talking about good vibrations that I thought, you know what, this would be the perfect topic for us here on the show today is peace, remembering your peace, getting into that pocket of high frequency, good vibrations. And what exactly does that even mean? Like, so that's what we're going to dive into today on this panel of just talking about, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, how do we find that peace or remember that peace in the midst of all the external and staying in our power, staying in our sovereignty. And if you guys get a chance, check these guys out on their Instagram pages and all their great bios. Um, you guys are going to love it. But for the sake of just brand new people, I would love for everyone to just kind of go around and introduce yourselves and kind of explain like who you are a little bit about your background and also for everyone who's watching, please do make sure tag and share and like and do all the fun things that keep this going. Go to swiftfire.org and get on the newsletter. That way you know all the shows coming up and everything that's happening with Swiftfire Inter International. So without further ado, I'm going to start with Simon. And I'm going to have you explain a little bit about who you are, your background, uh, how you got into this whole spiritual pocket, energy pocket. And, you know, and we'll just start with you. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Good to see everybody again. And um, yeah, so I'm, my name is Simon Kalman. I am, uh, what am I, 43 years old. Uh, I grew up in the UK. I currently live in, in uh, Central America. And um, yeah, I really what started this for me I, I guess around about 20 years old i had uh, a virus and then i had about 20 years of chronic illness from that point forward so it was always lots of doctors and medicine and nothing spiritual whatsoever uh, but only really like very much medical stuff private medicine um, and then around 36 i decided to leave my profession working in the luxury car industry and i i felt like i wanted to help the world so i, I thought i'd become a doctor so I, I wanted to go into osteopathic medicine, and that's what the route I took. Went great for a year and a half, and then a year and a half in, I fell down the stairs carrying my two-year-old two daughter. Um, but to save her, I kept holding on, and, and doing so, I had major spinal injuries and um, ended up with uh, brain injuries as well that came to, came to the surface. And shortly after that, I was feeling pretty suicidal. I had a massive breakdown mentally, physically, and we tried the most expensive doctors we could find and I couldn't get anywhere. And one day I was just having panic attacks and I was just shouting to someone on the phone, please help me. And he said, well, just deep breathe. So I did some deep breathing for half an hour and I was like, oh, okay. I felt a semblance of what it was like to be myself before. Actually, maybe even more at peace than I was prior. Then the panic attacks came back and basically it was about six years of um, going along that journey. And one minute I found sort of meditation and then I I'd started to get interested in Buddhism, which trees here as well. And then and then all sorts of different things. And I got really interested in pyramids and even ETs, all sorts of just my mind was when you're falling apart, your mind is very open to everything. Like you'll take, I would have taken anything. If someone said, bop me on the head with a carrot, that was going to help, I would have done it. And, but what I found is for me, 
I was so sensitive that I found that very subtle energies, so like meditation and breath work and working on my perspectives of the world and, and kind of finding balance was what worked for me. And, and always it was going inside. Every time you, I was always trying to get out of my body, but with the way I always came back and was going inside. And that's kind of what I've done for a long time. And now I mostly do energy work with people. I help people with um, getting into their heart space, do a lot of meditation stuff, um, writing children's books, which are for sensitive children. And um, that's kind of what I'm doing at the moment, but I've kind of, I'm quite open to sort of whatever comes, comes my way actually as the world kind of expands. So that's, that's me. Awesome. Love your journey. Thank you so much for sharing. How about you, Ben? What you got? How'd you get here? Uh, um, well, it started out with Sudi reaching out to me, Sudi Burnett, uh, reaching out to me on Instagram. And uh, I don't know, I, I I have a hard time saying no to anyone, actually. Um, oh, so, no. <laughs> you know, with uh, a million followers on TikTok and, you know, 34,000 on Instagram, I don't think I've ever missed a message within 24 hours. I've always oh. gotten back to, to people on time um, as I do one-on-one -on -one counseling. So, you know, me and, and Sudi kicked it off pretty good and, you know, uh, and then and then one day, I guess I couldn't do it Thursday. So she says, well, Sudi said, I'm going to have guests. So you you mind joining us, uh, Dr. Charnel? And then that's when all of us met uh, last week. And the collective energy was amazing. I mean, you had me taking notes. And uh, <laughs> Simon got me, you know, really interested in about chronic illnesses. Um, and right. I, I hopefully one day we all get to meet each other. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's going to be an explosion of uh, energy there. Everyone can imagine. Mm -hmm. So my background, uh, I'm 34 years old. I've been a monk for six years. I've been meditating, however, for 20 years. 15 of those years is samatha, uh, mindfulness of the breath, and the past five years intensely on vipassana. Um, my journey started when my grandmother and best friend Jacob Hall passed away. Uh, and I hit rock bottom, was on a suicidal path. Had I not taken this path to peace, I would probably be in prison or probably dead. Um, so it's been amazing uh, on the path uh, to peace, being a monk, studying Buddhism, practicing meditation. And ever since I emerged on TikTok, uh, people reached out. I guess my teachings uh, made sense uh, to the younger crowds. So I started doing one-on-one. -on -one uh, Buddhist uh, counseling with people and uh, then I came up with all sorts of programs merging cognitive behavioral therapy and Eastern philosophy together so that they make sense of their world uh, and at, you know it's uh, going on uh, the fifth year of teaching uh, publicly going public and I hope to inspire all of you um, buying through my own teachings and buying through my own transformation uh, and, and practice so, you know, we bring a collective uh, experience, all sorts of academic, uh, spiritual, personal experience to the table uh, to inspire all of you. Yeah. And you do a great job. I love your, I love all you guys' posts. You guys are all so positive. So thank you for your, all of your service here to everyone. And that's a great, beautiful journey. I know you even, I think you mentioned you were Catholic when you started out too. So that's kind of a, a jump, right? Yeah, I was born and raised Catholic. 
and subsequently converted due to my grandma's um, the way how she led her life, the way how she treated people. It was amazing uh, to see it unfold in the presence of strangers. And so I figured, you know, Buddhism was worth a try. And as I merge over to Buddhism, I realized it's a very scientific approach to the practice, meaning we are not to take Buddhism based on blind faith. And we are to test it out. If we can see and measure it, if it's empirical, and if it's working out for us, the Buddha would say, have at it. If it's not, you are free to choose whatever philosophy or religion that you like. And so I have told all of my students and everyone across the world, it is our job to prove the Buddha wrong. It is my job to prove the Buddha wrong. And with uh, four years in college and 20 years of meditation, I have been looking for that. And I am very good at trying to look for flaws and faults and things going wrong and things not working out. And I haven't found one thing that uh, has not been true, has not been found true. So, you know, uh, I'm still considered a young monk, uh, a junior monk. And so I'm, I'm still going. I'm still having at it. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Awesome, awesome. And beautiful Sudi. So happy to have you on my show. I just love you so much. Share us a little bit about, I know you have so many different things in your background. Give us a little bit of how you got here and what you're doing now. Sure. Um, I think my first um, startup was when I was 10 years old and my father um, died in a car accident. And um, as maybe some of your audience don't know, they're trying to figure out where is that accent coming from? Mm -hmm. um, I'm Persian and I was born in Iran. So um, in the Middle East culture, when somebody dies, it's like um, they never die because the ceremony will go for months and two months and it continues and still people are coming to greed and blah, blah. So, um, but they didn't, my family didn't tell me because I was a child, I was 10, that my father passed away. And my my youngest uncle at the time, he had cancer and we were expecting that any time um, he might die. So they told me that my uncle actually passed away. <clears throat> and um, one afternoon, I think it was the second or third, I just felt very tired. Like I was playing with my cousins and um, everybody else. Suddenly my energy got drained out and I'm really tired. So I came in and between all these crowds and all this noise, as soon as I laid my head back, um, I saw what happened to my father. I went through the journey that he was driving in the car and someone was sitting next to him. This bright light came and he lost control and he went down the alley and I went with him. And I jumped from um, my sleep or whatever trance and I said, you guys have lied to me. My father is dead and this is how he died. So from that moment on, from after that shock, um, I started um, being in touch with my dad's spirit. So he would show up like every night and I had really high heart palpations. I was so excited to see him. And I started getting messages and getting some stuff. Um, and then 
from that moment on, I told them that you have to send me to U.S. So my plan from age 10 till 17 that I left Iran was how would I make it to United States? I knew I had to get here, but I didn't know how, and I was trying different ways of doing it. Anyhow, um, so moving forward, um, I think I was, I was like 20-some years old that I had a major car accident, and I had near-death experience. Um, that was another really huge, profound event because, um, as you know, in the 80s, it wasn't mandatory for you to wear seat belts, and I didn't have seat belt on. So when the accident happened, when the crash happened, I don't recall anything. I just remember my, I just left my body, and I was floating up, and I, up to today, I'm, I remember I said, thank God, it's finally over. And I was like released. I was so happy. And then, you know, the journey that we go, like you're floating and then you're going through the tunnel, which many people who have near-death experience have that. And then your guide comes and they greet you. And the minute you enter there is just this pure love and understanding and I was like oh my god I finally arrived home this is what we all searching that this is home this is the real home um, so after um, I became conscious um, I lost my voice for a few months through the impact of the accident because I went through the windshields and came back and it was like everything was messed up and as you know, the story that uh, my chiropractor said, your vertebrae is totally twisted to the other side. You're going to be a vegetable, make a long story short. I didn't listen to that. And I started getting, I actually became, um, I studied the science of sport and nutrition. And I worked as a personal trainer in the field of health and nutrition for many, many years till the next impact happened that um, I was doing some dance DVDs and I hired a couple of professional dancers so we could film the video together. And all of a sudden in the middle of rehearsal, one of the girls said to me, Sudi, would you like to see a healer? And without even questioning or knowing anything, what is a healer? I was like, yeah, sure, I'll try everything. So um, my friend Renee showed up as a healer, and I had a really huge, profound experience the first time, but she was speaking this angelic language that I had no idea about what she was saying, but my soul was reacting to it. And then after that um, trip, um, I started seeing all kinds of different energies, entities, and all this stuff. And I called her up. I said, Renee, I'm really freaking out. There are like so many ghosts. And, you know, and she was like, oh, honey, they're just lost souls. Send them home. I'm like, send them home. I'm freaking out. I can't even sleep in my own place. So anyhow, she came back. The next time she came, she said, um, you know, everything is telepathically. So whatever question you have, you can ask. And I was just in like, what do I want to ask? I didn't know. And suddenly she said, oh, my daughter 
you have been chosen. And I'm thinking, I've been chosen for what? To help people go within and find their inner peace. And I'm thinking to myself, I was at a really bad place with myself, you know, OCD, ADHD, like stress. I'm like, I'm going to show people how to go with it. I don't even know what's the meaning. I didn't even know at that time there is an inner word, right? So she said, she laughed and she said, no, you have done that many times. You're a master healer. So from that day on, everything went really quick like swirling. I had no idea what happened. One day I just knew that I'm doing a seminar in Dubai. And while I was sitting on the plane, the guy who was sitting next to me, he said, uh, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Dubai. He said, why? I said, I'm doing a four-day seminar. He said, what is your seminar about? I said, I don't know. And I really had no clue. And how that four days took place, I would come into my body and realize that someone else is talking, somebody else is doing this thing, and then I would leave again. So that's a long story from part of my journey that led me to what I'm doing today, um, doing coaching sessions, doing seminars and webinars and all that awesome and beautiful it sounds like all of us have a common thread of kind of like hitting that rock bottom situation in order to um to spring back up which i know on our last discussion we were talking about that polarity of you know good versus bad and really they're not being good or bad but that the dark can actually be used as a catalyst to bring you through to that next space to kind of like bump up and kind of wake up. And I know my background um, sounds very similar to what Simon was talking about as far as an illness. I was dealing with an illness and I Sudi as well. Um, although, you know, sometimes it is a death or some sort of trauma or, you know, situation like with brother Ben. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're on the discussion for peace specifically with, what's going on in the world. How do you guys personally manage your own sovereignty in the midst of external forces? Because there has to be a place and there is actually a place of peace, no matter what is going on out, outside of us. Uh, I would love to have any of you guys' tips or modalities that you use personally to kind of share with everybody. And then those of you who are watching I would love for you to put in the comments what specifically things you do too as well, because we're always open to different ideas and um, observations to look into the, these modalities. But starting with Simon, you know, how do you thrive in, in this season and in this world specifically? Oh, thrive, that's a big word. <laughs> um, I have a little saying, which I, I just picked up from someone else actually, Neil Donald Walsh, and it's, if I don't go within, I go without. So if I don't go within, I go without. And I, I kind of use that as a reminder all the time that it's, especially for very sensitive people, you want to get out of your body a lot of the time. It feels like you want to leave, whether that's through some sort of substance or just physically you feel kind of like disconnected from your body. But it helps to a degree, but it doesn't really solve anything. And what I found is that when I had extreme pain and I couldn't get away from it, it took a long time and a lot of kicking and screaming, but the only place I found peace and no pain was actually just going inside. And I mean, physically, like feeling deeper and deeper within my body until 
I reached a place that felt like serenity. And it was, and just before you get to serenity, it feels like chaos. And actually this is shown in science as well that um, when they have like explosions and stuff, these kind of these like, the calm is right in the middle, but just before you get to the calm, it's like waves are all over the place. And then you just get into the middle and then boom, everything goes into peace. And I think if anyone who's ever meditated may have been able to feel that before where you kind of, you're kind of maybe frustrated, you're kind of fighting with it and then you let go and then you just kind of, it rattles and then boom, you just kind of clonk into the middle of it. I think that's an easy way for me to explain it. And, and to kind of go with that, I guess, it, this is better now. I think, like I think uh, Venerable said last time, it's the how. It's like how to get to these places is pretty useful. So, and I think, and we spoke about sovereignty as well. And that if we're looking for peace in extraneous places, um, we're kind of, it's not a sovereign peace because it can be taken away. Like you can go to a, a forest, and, and I, I recommend people go to forests and nature and calm, quiet places, but it can always be taken away from you by someone sitting next to you and chewing loudly or animals screeching or whatever it may be so extraneous peace is not a sovereign peace so an internal peace i find is a sovereign peace and that that's where you're going to find your your inner peace so for me a daily practice is i kind of get up and immediately i kind of scan my body and i'll i'll kind of align my chakras i'll go through there then i'll do some breath work um, i'll do some meditation uh, maybe contemplation if my mind is very active i'll just sit and watch what's coming through and I, and but always it's just going deeper and deeper and sometimes I just sit and feel I just feel into my body and through all the pain the emotions whatever might be there stuff I've picked up from other people whatever it might be things I'm questioning about myself or and I just kind of go within and just I sit and I just allow myself to be within all of that I don't try and fight it I just kind of sit with it and repeatedly over and over again I've sat in that place and find peace and Interestingly, this uh, the moment we're in San Jose, which is a pretty busy city, for my daughter's birthday because she wants to buy Lego, and we're in a small town where it's a beach and there's very little there. So we drove eight hours to get to get here, and the city is very busy. And I was walking around and I'm like, man, there's people everywhere. There's people bibbing. There's like there's so much going on, and I could feel myself feeling other people. And I was getting, I could feel myself getting a little stressed. There's a big crypto crash at the moment, which I'm involved with, and. So there's a lot of stress in that world. There's a few people committed suicide in the last few days that have just lost all their money. So I'm, there's all this stuff going around. And I, I just said, like, go within. If I don't go within, I go without. And I just sat there. I stood on the middle of the street and I watched everything go by and I just went within myself. And what I found is I found peace. And then turbulence for a while until my body calmed. But then I found peace again. And everybody was allowed to be themselves. I didn't want to stop everybody. I wasn't like, that guy should be quiet. That car shouldn't be bibbing. I was able to just sit within it and just allow it to be. And um, yeah, so I, I think that's that's the practice that I use. And um, I know there's many other practices and I'm not saying this is the only way to do it, but it's the way that has worked most successfully for myself. And from everything I read, it seems to be a lot of them point to this place. So um, yeah, there you go. I'll pass awesome. on the next person. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, tell your daughter happy birthday from us. That's Thank awesome. <laughs> And yeah, I, I think awareness, I agree with the awareness is a big piece. And I know scripturally and scientifically, I look at scripture like science, kind of like what Brother Ben was talking about. Um, there's measurable things here. And uh, there's one scripture that was translated, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. Although when you look up the word guard, it doesn't mean like guard as in protect 
it actually means to be aware of your heart. And, you know, if when I look at that, um, the mistranslation for me means to, it's like a program to get people to stay in that like victim mentality, like, oh my God, something might get me any minute, you know, put up this guard, at least the way I was instructed or taught through that programming of just like, be careful, like something might get you any minute. There's entities, there's devils, there's whatever, you know, versus to be aware of, even saying that to be aware versus protect, I can feel my body like shift to be aware of just knowing like what your heart is generating because in the bio field bio stands for two, not only radiating out, but also magnetizing back in. And this is the biggest generator of all. So if we're aware of what we're putting out in the feeling world, then we can be more um, selective with those feelings to make sure we're getting a match back with the law of attraction. And so I like, I like looking at like real, the real translations of these things. And now I'm going to dive in a little bit because Brother Vin's given me some books to chomp on. I'm really excited to, to look at that. But um, yes, to me, I agree with you, Simon. Awareness is a major key of just knowing where you're at, checking in with yourself, checking in with your body so you can kind of see where you're at. If anything that can be measured can be managed. So if we know where we are, then we can know like how to get to that next piece. So what would you say, Try? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have to play with our audience. Um, it was a very profound subject. Um, and uh, I was swept away by but when you when I saw your creation, first and foremost, of our poster. I loved it, by the way. I loved it. We were like, it looked like we were all enlightened beings together. <laughs> just like, like in Nirvana together with the background with the mountain and everything. And I was like, oh, that's going to be the Cool Kids Club. We're, we're all here at the Cool Kids Club. <laughs> that's what I call Nirvana. <laughs> nice. um, it, it, it touched me in, in a way, remembering peace. And though my way of relating to it is uh, probably not like everybody else's because because my whole life it was not peaceful mm. so i can't i can't remember what peace is like because i've never actually experienced it in before becoming a monk uh, so i was like mm -hmm. um hmm, interesting so it, it pulled me different directions as i was uh you know just uh, pondering now this question was also asked when i was invited um two weeks ago uh on the board of buddhist scholars um on youtube by led by Dr. Sar I'm sorry, Venerable Saranampala of Canada. And the question asked is that how do monastics take care of themselves? And I thought I was like, oh, well, they're asking questions about us because usually we're always addressing things that, you know, that's going on with other, other people. And finally, a question comes to how do we deal with, with, uh, with our own stress? Now, people think that, uh, that we exempt from stress when we in fact actually don't <laughs> so as an urgent care monk uh, that means uh, making myself available to the public 24 7 uh, dealing with suicides dealing with students who are mm -hmm. suicidal homicidal um, anxiety depression mm -hmm. ptsd bipolar uh, bipolar of all types 
um, and even schizophrenia. So I've made myself available so I can talk to them. And if I am, if that is not my specialty, whatever it is, or if it rises to the level of clinical concern, then I transfer them out to a, you know, a therapist uh, within their region. Um, and so, yeah, that they're, well, particularly me, it, so it's stressful for me. And I know because I've been in the monastery for so long that, you know, my abbots also experience a lot of stress. The question becomes is like, well, how do we deal with it? <clears throat> we are trained to see the true nature of reality of life. Anything in life, actually. So when we look at our globe, our earth, our world, the question is, well, what is the true nature of reality of our world? Well, it's pretty comical. It's pretty funny. Uh, history do repeat itself. Is that our world is subject to suffering of all types. Birth, decay, death, disease. Okay, Our world is subject to um, being decimated by humans, by and through greed, anger, and ignorance of the Four Noble Truths in Buddhism, people will decimate our forests. They will They will get all the resources, you name it. Now our coral reefs, at the time of this talk, coral reefs are now screaming for help because now they're manifesting in all different colors under our ocean. And it's like they're calling 911, uh, you know. Uh, so it's uh, when we look at it, it's difficult not to feel pain deep down inside to be stressed out, to feel the need to do something about it, to advocate for the protection of environment and the protection of human, human rights, equality, justice. Mm -hmm. uh, it is hard to look inwards uh, because it, it, I mean, you, you feel a little bit of selfishness, mm -hmm. um, but it is exactly that the Buddha taught is to look inward, just like what Simon says. What Simon says, the quote was, without going in, you are without, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, so deep. It is, yeah, so deep. Um, and you know, I we humans have to develop certain policies for ourselves and to stand by these policies and boundaries, uh, and with and not to get too attached to worldly affairs, to social media, to things that cost us peace. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I teach meditation. The first thing is, whatever's costing you peace, got to go. <laughs> and if I speak the language of the young people, of our millennials and XYZ Earth, you know, what, got, what costs you peace, got to go. Got to go. What is it? Got to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm writing so, it down. It's the drama, right? Drama, baby mama drama, money. Mm -hmm. Oh, you name it. Whatever it is that is in your face, you have to look at the details of your life to try to cut back as much as possible. Um, and to, you know, in, we have a lot of work to do ourselves from a Buddhist standpoint, our own struggles, our feelings, our thoughts. The mind is a very violent thing. Just the things that we have witnessed growing up, the stories that we have accumulated, the stories that people have told about we think we are about us the, the stories we have told ourselves um the the flaw negatives um i mean just everything it's, it's just crazy when you you study the mind and you study how the causes and conditions cause us peace in modern day uh we sit there and we just shake our head 
So we have to really, you know, the Theravada Buddhist tradition is very psychological. It's very analytical. And it teaches you to look at the details of your life, tracing the root cause of the problems, cultivating yourself to be the wise. And the wise don't chill with fools. The wise don't do unwise things. Um, and, you know, given said all of these little details in a person's life, you know, I, I don't want to take up all the time. Like Scooby said, you know, I can sit for, <laughs> for hours expanding on just one subject. Um, but when you look at it, approaching it uh, on an intelligence level, uh, intelligently, dealing with life intelligently, dealing with life wisely, then you narrow down all the factors, uh, you know, statistically, you know, or like on a pie of 100%. How much can we cur curve it down so that we may achieve some level of peace? Uh, because as long as we're in this human skin, we're subject to all sorts of emotions that come along the way. People mm -hmm. will push buttons. This is the test of life. When we meditate, we don't get meditate. We don't get better at meditating when we meditate. We get better at life. Uh, at dealing with life, with dealing with people in our life, uh, your teachers, your co-workers, your neighbors, things that push buttons. Um, so, yeah, that's just a, a glimpse and synopsis of it. But again, monks are trained to see the true nature of reality, to trace the root cause of the problem, learn to look back inwards. Um, we have different types of meditations that we use. We have the four protective meditation functions. All right, meditating on the qualities of a Buddha, in kindness meditation, um, meditation on death. Uh, all these things are aimed at protecting us and having compassion and, and deep understanding for humanity. So, and then we have the 10 recollections, the Dasa Nusati. So just like we have a very long list of things to do. A monk can never say he's bored. We'll never get through the, the, the study of the sutta in this lifetime. So many to read. Like 45 volumes with commentaries, the different wow. type of meditation alone, just meditation on loving kindness alone could take like decades to master. If you have uh, really serious anger problems or certain, you know, adverse reactions in life or ad, um, what is another term for anger? Um, it would it, 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 will, it will come back, but you know, the people, you know, all of us have some form of anger <laughs> growing up. <laughs> um, so again, just one type of meditation can take decades to, to master. So I'd like to yield the floor to uh, Sudi. Yes. Well, thank you. Uh, oh, I have to, you know, I started calling you when and I just caught myself three down. That's, that's the right name for you. It's okay to call me Van or Chi Dao. If you can't pronounce Chi Dao, Master T. I don't identify with my name. Part of the practice, oh, by the way, part of the practice is not identifying me, my, and I to the world, not taking things personally. Mm -hmm. I see myself as a visitor. And part of the path to peace and being peaceful and remembering peace is just remembering that we're just a visitor, uh, you know. And that way we can take things more comically, more comical uh, in life versus so personally. Back to you, Sudi. Awesome. Well, Sudi, yeah, I'm definitely excited to hear your your tips on this. I think he brought up a good point. Well, everybody has 
about sometimes I think there is this like illusion that once you're a teacher and you're, you have a public audience and you're working with all these people that you've somehow arrived and nothing ever goes on, you know, maybe we're not talking about it all the time, but I can assure you lots of people out there, no matter how big and how many followers anybody has, they're still dealing with family issues and still dealing with like rooting out and trans transmuting and integrating energies as they're coming along. My dog is barking, but, um, Speak on that a little bit, Sudi, and then give us your tips. So this is um, the way I look at it. If we picture that awareness or consciousness has many different layers, and the lower the, co the consciousness or awareness, let's say just to be even more visual, it's brown then it comes to gray, then it comes to like uh, green and then blue and it then it gets lighter and lighter and then until the highest level of what we call higher consciousness is white, right? And imagine if on the other side, we're gonna look at the feeling, like all the way at the bottom is the feeling of guilt, and shame, and then it comes up to higher, it becomes anger, and then it becomes resentment. And these layers of feelings are matching up with what level of consciousness am I in? And like I always say, like peace is an energy. Everything in the universe is vibration. So as peace is an energy that exists right here, so is anger, so is anxiousness, nervousness. All of these free radical energies are all around us. So if you come back to um, what layer of consciousness I am, next to it, how many emotions or stock energies are there next to the level of low consciousness or the highest consciousness. So generally what happens for us people is that we're kind of um, looking at the reality when I'm saying we, I mean the I or the ego is looking at the reality and looking at like how much feelings are there. So if I'm at the lowest vibration, 30 is extremely intense. It is just dense and it's, it's very hard to loosen it up, to make it, to change this denseness into fluid or into moving energy, right? So the more I have this like feelings of guilt and shame and resentments and anger and all this stuff. I'm usually in a lower vibration. And at this point, I feel very distanced from peace, joy, and enlightenment. At this level, I see myself because the, the feeling of resentment, anger, uh, shame and guilt, it's so highlighted here that I feel like I'm in this 
huge cloud of darkness and oh my god i'm so far away from experiencing peace and harmony so i say um if you want to experience peace you just have to live where you are right now and how you make this switch is by becoming the level of higher consciousness so when i come to a next level and i realize that what is reality what is my 3d world or the reality is made up or where is it made up and i go to the source once i realize that my reality is being created in my psyche by the ego mind that i always say often say ego and mind are partner they would they're the greatest partner they work so well together like the the, the mind the thinking machine is constantly creating thoughts and the ego is guiding it where can i get more hurt where is more darkness and the ego is kind of with the help of the mind is making navigating through traumas and dramas and darkness so if everything is being created uh through the mind through the psyche <clears throat> how about if i come to an understanding that i'm not my thoughts the thoughts are being created by the thinking machine i'm not my feeling i'm not even the physical body who am i and then i realize that i am none of those things and the minute i separate myself from the thought from the story that the ego mind is playing day after day after day after day i don't get involved with it and i stop the movie i am the conscious higher consciousness i am enlightened and i can experience peace so basically i'm saying what level of consciousness am i in and by that i'm experiencing uh peace versus sadness unhappiness or blah blah awesome i get, that's awesome that you brought up ego i think that's a really good point of just making sure we're not getting in the way of ourselves i know um for me i came back i came from a very religious upbringing well actually not upbringing but i would say teenage years and then i ended up going to um bible school and seminary and i'm not in that practice anymore i'm more of a, on a spiritual uh journey i guess you could say i do believe in source and um you know all of those things but i'm i'm in process as all of us are um but let's talk about that because for me um when i had my illness i had only my western programming to like take a pill for every ill or do whatever and there were there wasn't a lot of talk about um spirituality or energy or anything like that with that and then also when i was coming up in the spiritual side it seemed to be you know like well just you have to pray harder and you or you got to do this or have ten thousand more people pray for you but there wasn't a whole lot of like hey, how about make some new choices and not eat Doritos and drink Coca-Cola for every meal? Or, you know what I mean? Like it was it was kind of like all spiritual or all physical. So there's, there's one physical side where it's like they don't 
talk to, they don't want to know anything about the spiritual. They just want to do all the things and take all the pills and, you know, whatever. So let's talk about the marriage of those two things, because the word the word integrity actually comes from integration. And I look at all of us and you guys on the panel, at least of being very integrated, you know, meaning you have good integrity, you have good character, you make an awesome, like an, you're aware of your choices. You're aware of being present. I mean, Simon, before we got on, he was like, okay, now I'm putting my phone down because I want to be here with you now. And I just love that. Like, just talk a little bit about those kind of choices that can help with the peace process. Okay, uh, I'll jump, chime in. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we can't separate ourselves from who we are. That's it's a really painful experience trying to not be grumpy, trying not to be angry, trying not to be. As soon as you anything you resist, you it persists, resist, persist. And wherever you put your focus, your energy goes, kind of thing. So it, even resisting, actually, if you're resisting something, you're basically giving it awareness, which means you're putting more energy there. So um, I think going, I kind of try, mostly I try the wrong way, but I do is to, to lead, lead towards what I want to get to. Because if I'm going somewhere I want to go, then there's other stuff, but it will be, it'll either, it's going to come with me, but I'm maybe not aware of it. But what I've found is I've kind of, gone through all these different stages is now it feels like it has to be more integrative like I, it has to be really integrating that we can be grumpy we can be all of these things and it's okay and for someone that's i probably still have remnants of head injury stuff and honestly inside here sometimes i wouldn't want anyone to be in there ever like i i wouldn't wish that upon anybody but it is an element of everyone i don't know i don't know what's inside everybody's heads but there's a lot of stuff going on in, in people's heads a lot of the time and it's non-stop and without integrating and allowing all of these elements, and that includes the spiritual, and it also includes the very, like everyone says, 3D, but our very 3D humanness. That is a major part of who we are. I can't get rid of that. And something I really found when I got into spirituality is that I went to these groups and it was, they would all talk about like love and light and all this. And I was just, oh, these people are so amazing. I'm just, these, I'm gonna hug them all. This is gonna be so good. But then three weeks later, I'd find someone would have stolen something from me or they were saying stuff behind my back that wasn't very nice, or they would say they're going to go somewhere and didn't turn up. And I did this multiple times until I realized that they're just the same people. They're just, their interest is in spirituality, but they're still humans. They're still, so we can't remove ourselves from that. So instead of trying to remove from it, let's make, make peace with being it. We are in ourselves genetically and kind of physiolog physiologically chaos. Like we have, we're made of viruses. We are energy flying all over the place depending on what we think about look at we kind of create different energies and stuff so it's i think some of that that piece is the integration of all of these things and it doesn't sit well with the mind because the mind always wants it to be one or the other black or white it's this or it's that it's spirituality or it's it's i don't know it's pills whatever it is but it's kind of a divine dichotomy that everything can be yes and no everything can be black and white everything can be all these elements depending on your perspective so to 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 make peace really with the fact that we are all that we are a bit of everything and when you sit with that for a while you may get different thoughts about different ways to get through where you are and sometimes i just sit and i have to be okay with that sometimes i'm not very nice to people sometimes i'm amazing to people i'm always doing my best to be kind and incredible 
but even when you're kind sometimes the kindness to one person is sometimes causing them chaos like me giving someone a hug when they don't want to be touched by anybody and they're having panic attacks is not helpful but from one perspective it would be very helpful so i think i've spoken quite a bit there but yeah just allowing ourselves to be all of ourselves but making choices on what we want to be that we are all of the chaos we're all of the light and beauty and in every single moment of our life, we get the choice to be what we wish to put out into the world and what we want to go towards. And personally, I think this group and a lot of other people, it's things like love and kindness. And and when we do see these other elements come up that are, which are maybe not so pleasant, like the pains and the illnesses and stuff is that we don't resist them as much, is that we're aware of them, but we don't maybe... Um, we don't associate ourselves with them fully. We don't sort of say that that's me. It's kind of like that's a, an element, but I'm just going to go this way instead. So that's that's my little bit to add, and other people will add some more wonderful stuff as well, I'm sure. So. Awesome. Yeah, more like observe, not absorb, right? Like just being aware, okay, this is where I am now. doesn't mean I'm going to stay here, and then just being okay with that, right? Yeah, and sometimes to absorb it's okay to absorb too like you know some of the times i've been i'm oh go i'm gonna i'm gonna cut this too a little short but i had problems with anger i didn't think i had any anger growing up and until somebody really poked me and they found that i had lots of anger inside me and it wasn't until i kind of absorbed that knowing of that and actually experienced this anger and i just screamed and hit sticks on things and stuff that i actually found any peace so it wasn't until I went into that chaos that actually I found peace in that in that area. But I didn't send that chaos to someone else. I sent it into the earth or I did it somewhere that felt safe to me. It probably didn't look safe if someone saw me, but it was it was safe in regards that I wasn't doing it to someone else. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I, I I guess I say it could be absorbing, it could be awareness, but yeah, I do feel awareness is it's a good way to go. Because in awareness you're not um, you're not pulled around quite so much. So, awesome. All right, Ben, what you got? Um, this is such a broad topic. Um, remembering <laughs> and what can cost us peace. There's so many things that can cost us peace. From a Buddhist standpoint, and from my standpoint, is the well, we choose to be mindful. We choose to be aware. Um, we choose to take the path that will lead us to a more peaceful life or as peaceful as it is ever going to get. <laughs> and and, to, and to, to just know and always constantly be vigilant. Uh, earlier you said, uh, Dr. Sharnil, guarding your heart. And the Buddha actually uh, advises everyone to guard their senses because when your senses are activated and opened, eyes, nose, mouth, ears, you know, you it, it can cost you peace. You know, it's uh, these are chances and opportunities for the outside world to interfere. Um, it can take that opportunity to um, jump inside of your head and mess with you and the things that you see, especially our eyes and our ears, the things that we see, what we perceive, what we identify with, uh, what, what we hear and how we take that personally can really uh, hit home, right? And so by being aware of these things, also known as the five aggregates, um, and it leads to the human experience in the moment, one can be aware of what is unfolding. This is why, this is why you see the Buddha said not to not open his eyes. And if there are, there are a few statues where he's slightly opening his eyes, but my dad's, 
my dad goes, my dad's a professor. He's a very wise man. He says, be like the Buddha. He sits there and he doesn't open his eyes. He just stay quiet. You know, he doesn't see, he doesn't want to see things. He doesn't want to hear things because, because it's just, it's a big mess out there. <laughs> and my dad's, he's so funny sometimes, but the, 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 the integration and the choices with the peace process would include, you know, again, taking these deliberate choice, choosing peace, uh, telling yourself, you know, exercising willpower that I choose, I choose peace because it's important to my health. Because whatever is causing me peace is also going to cause high blood pressure and diabetes and high cholesterol and all of the above and everything else after every page you turn in the <laughs> in the medicine in the medical book. And those who are wise and intelligent will take deliberate choices um, in practicing meditation. And if you don't know the how, you reach out to one of us, Dr. Sharnil, Simon, Sudi, um, you know, and to to ask because we can help you see things that you cannot see yourself. Two things humans uh, do. Number one, we're blind to ourselves. Number two, we are blind to the things that we do. So it helps to get an extra eyes and ears and lay out your narrative and lay out the drama, the good, the bad, the ugly, and let us hear it. And we can pretty much predict where you might be going next. We can predict what choices you might be taking, whether it's a wise choice or unwise choice, wholesome or unwholesome, skillful or unskillful. Um, but so, yeah, uh, this was a really good one. Um, and with with choices that leads to peace, one also needs to look at the integrity, like you said earlier, the morality and integrity, which is actually the first full training in Buddhism which is sila sila is morality which is the gift of safety which is that behave <laughs> how could you how could you meditate if you're not behaving how could you how could you meditate if you're lying cheating killing stealing intoxicating substances sexual misconduct you can't you know these are the the drama these are the the sangsara that we're creating in our lives the vicious cycle of suffering that we're creating hell for ourselves um, so yeah, that those two actually go together. It's, it's so you hit right on the spot. You give you make it really easy for us to uh, give our our speech, <laughs> Doctor Charnil. So I like to yield the floor to uh, Sudi. <laughs> Love it. Thanks. That's really cool. I'm really interested in all this. I can't wait to get these books so I can jump in better. But what about you, Sudi? Yeah, I would say I did a couple of lives and. Um, in Farsi and also English with Trida. Um, when I said suffering is a choice, um, we got some comments that some people got upset, like, what do you mean? Um, you know, in the less than 5% of my conscious mind, uh, comparing to over 95% of the hidden agenda of subconscious mind, of course, when, when, when you're hearing it with 5% of conscious, suffering is a choice, you're going to get irritated because you are the victim that everything happened to you till now. Um, and as long as you're playing the role of victim, that you are not aware that this character is not you, this is a fake, false you, this is the character of ego mind, 
So obviously you're going to get pissed off when I say suffering is a choice and happiness is a choice. So the way I do it is, <laughs> you know, from, from the moment when I wake up, I keep, I keep repeating myself. I said the minute that I come aware that I have woken up from the dream last night, and if I'm not conscious and aware enough, I'm going to enter another dream because the mind and ego is just going to take me through it. Then I'm just going to be a victim. So from the minute that I wake up, I am aware that the ego has also woken up with me. And if at every second I'm not conscious, the ego mind will take over. And I often say, just to resonate for people more in, in my Farsi life, I always say, imagine the ego as this two-year-old boy that just wants to make chaos. And with the blink and an eye, if you're not conscious of it, it's going to Point, poke her finger into the electricity or something to get shocked. That's how aware and careful we have to be that it just takes a second for the ego mind to take over. So by knowing that, when I, when I do that from the morning, the first thing in the morning, and the whole time I am aware. Now, at every at the beginning, maybe at every minute or five minutes, you can put a reminder on your phone to tell you, I choose peace. I choose peace and happiness. You know, and I had this, um, we did this, I, we made animation about one of the practices, thought caught silence, which I told everyone, if if you guys are aware that from the first letter when your mind starts speaking like yesterday imagine that you have a golden scissor in your mind and you use that golden scissor to cut after yesterday and the remaining of silence will dissipate and then the mind starts with this next thought you keep cutting it and you keep cutting it and then uh, this, this practice by itself, when I start doing it, it drives you nuts at the beginning because the mind is, wants to do its job, which is creating thoughts. And it says yesterday, and I'm like, boom, cut. And then the mind starts like, why are you boom? And it becomes very chaotic at the beginning because the mind becomes even super active. But after a while, by cutting it or not paying attention to it, I experience more um, peace and silence, like to be mindless. Which, by the way, I often think, why do we say, why English language said, be mindful? Do we really want the mind to be full? Isn't all the chaos starts from the mind that is full, why don't we say be mindless? 
So you have to correct that. I don't know, it's English language. And as you know, English is not my first language, but please just do something with this letter. Please be mindful. And I'm thinking as a foreigner, I'm thinking, be mindful. Okay, how can I add more into my thinking machine that is just full? And then I get distracted. Is it fool or not? Am I fool right now or not? What else can I add up here? So it's going to be pretty full. So I don't know. I'm just, I uh, just have an issue with this mindful word. I don't know, guys. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, my two cents is I agree with everybody. And also from a naturopathic side, what I'm seeing with my patients, I think Ben brought this up, is so if we can fix the emotions, the, the physical is going to go away. 86% of all physical issues are emotions. And if so the emotions have a way to, to affect and signal to the physical body. Um, so, you know, it does matter with choices. And, um, you know, I, we, we talked about this, or I talked about this on the last panel we did, feelings are are a big part of what creates in our world so whatever we're feeling is what magnetizes because this is the biggest generator of the magnet so being aware of what we're feeling is what's going to bring whatever back to us and um i like that simon brought up that whole resistance thing because whatever you resist you get more of and you know, if everyone all of a sudden decided, you know, don't think about pink elephants, please, right now, just don't do it. Don't think about pink elephants. Of course, everybody is thinking about pink elephants because I brought it up and it's in the field. So but with feelings, when we're not feeling or feeling or like someone was talking about absorbing, like, you know what, just go ahead and admit you're angry and be okay with it. If we don't sit with that and, and, and be okay with where we're at, it won't dissipate. It actually depresses in the body, uh, you know, mm -hmm. when we suppress a feeling or depress a feeling or oppress a feeling, it lodges back into the body. The limbic system will take it and store it in mm -hmm. one of the organs in our body. And then it could stay a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, a year, decades. And then it'll start showing like signals from that body part, meaning mm -hmm. it's time for me to come up. And if we don't love it, then it actually goes back down and we just, make make a bigger signal or a bigger um situation but owning it and just being okay with it is huge because it's kind of like if someone did something to one of y'all or anybody watching and it was like really traumatic and mean and and then you had to go to the, like a family function and be around that person and they hadn't apologized and it's just like you had mm -hmm. to like fake it till you make it and be around that person it takes a lot of energy to, to hope that they, you know, let's say they don't want to apologize. They, they, they don't even know they're sorry. They're emphatically okay with their choice. And um, there can be a little bit of aggravation there. But the, but the minute that they came to you, let's say they came to you and they're like, oh my God, you know what? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Um, even saying that right now, I feel my body like relax because just someone owning and taking responsibility for something can, can cause you to relax. And your feelings are the same. Your feelings are sometimes knocking at the door going, dude, you're pissed off. You know, you're, you're sad. You're, you're having grief or whatever. And we want to just go like, no, 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 stay down. Like, don't, 
don't talk about it. Don't, don't, you know, bring it up. Don't whatever, you know, so that suppression and depression and oppression is going to be counter. It's going to be that resistance is going to just give you more problems because it still goes out into the field as a code and then you get a match to it. So um, I think just like owning it, feeling it, being a careful about your senses, like Ben was mentioning, mm. you know, turning off the news if it's bothering you and mess it. I like, I think you said, chill what did you say wise don't chill with fools i mean some of this stuff on programming they call it programming for a reason so maybe like turn it off or turn off that music or that social media platform and maybe turn on something that can be positive whether it's like high vibe music you know dance around the, the kitchen for a minute or something or just you know sing some good vibrations or whatever you know so and even hanging out with certain people you know you can go up or down on the scale or map of consciousness, literally by who you're hanging out with. Mm -hmm. And so if you hang around with someone with victim energy, guess what? They're not only going to pull from your field so they can thrive and, and keep generating and stay, but um, it, you can feel it, that suckage, you know, when Debbie Downer shows up and, or calls and you're like, man, not today. Right. I'm not going to answer that one. So um, when we, when we can just be aware of those kind of things and make those choices to turn off those things that maybe aren't our highest for our senses, I think that's going to bring people to um, a better ability to stay present and to make the choices like Sudi was saying, like, you know, I just choose joy right now. So um, we could go on and on forever. Um, the show is already at the top of the hour, but um any final words? And then also, if you could please tell our audience where they can find you. So they, because I know there's tons of people that have not been introduced to you guys before that can now come on and like find you and see all your great posts and your articles and all your videos. So I want people to really um, engage with what you guys are doing. Simon, go ahead and start. Yeah. Uh, website is sograteful.ca and Instagram is at sograteful.ca. And uh, parting words, parting words. You could do it. That's it. If you see one other person that has done something, you can do it. And I know there's physical limitations that if you see someone running and they have both legs and you don't have both legs, then that obviously there's, there's, there's questions within that. But as far as when it comes to connecting to peace, connecting to love, connecting to all of these things, being kind, you can do it. And, and there's no question because I've seen and, – and actually – any of these spiritual people that you speak to, all of these speakers, I can tell you they have some of the biggest problematic lives you've ever met. And many of them still struggle with them because I talk to a lot of them and they have their own issues. The difference is, is that they they kind of live with them and they, do, it doesn't, they, don't, they don't have to fight it anymore. It's just kind of almost a little bit of them and they just find peace within that space. So you can do it. That's my... That's my thing. And if that means that Sudi is a person that takes you there, then that's it. If it's Venerable Tridao, then it's if it's Dr. Chanel, then that's it. And you may find it's a bit of everybody. You may find it's a bit of a thousand people. You might find that you just meditate and something connects with you and they give you all the information. And that's more the path I kind of went. And now I'm reaching out and learning stuff from other people. It can come from many different places, but if you can see it in the world, you can do it. That's it. Love it, love it, love it. That's awesome. How about you? One of these days, I'm going to have at it with Sudi about the mindful thing. Maybe we can do a part two on mindfulness versus mindlessness. 
What does she mean she disagree with my fault? <laughs> you know, all, all the new people who don't know who I am and stuff, they, they're watching this. They're like, oh, my God, it's the first show. And a monk is already having at it with Sudi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. You totally changed the view of monk for us. You know, we were just we, we were thinking monks are without phones, without laptops. They're not into technology. Not knowing that Tridal, he owns five or six phones. It's like one of this and one of these and laptops. And and I'm just I just don't know. I'm really confused about this whole concept of monks now. Since I met you, there you go. Since I met you, my whole like. Ideas about monks are just out of the window, but anyhow, yeah, we have a chat about um, mindful and mindfulness. So, <laughs> so I hope we all hope uh, to inspire all of you buying through our own change and journey and transformation and integration, <laughs> everything, all the above for all of you. And in closing remarks, uh, is that. <clears throat> The Buddha was human by and through his own effort, he achieved enlightenment. It's like, what mm -hmm. is enlightenment? Like, how do we get there? It's actually right already here. It's already right already here. We need not to look anywhere. It's not a place where you go and kind of chill with pina colada underneath a pine tree or, you know, <laughs> you know, kicking the sandals back. He left us a method. It's a, methodology that he left us the clear pre precise instructions and directions on how to get there um the seven factors of awakening and being aware of the five hindrances again he was proof that a human can in fact achieve full enlightenment uh in a lifetime um you can do it i believe that you can do it in this lifetime um what makes you think that you can't Right. No matter what the text said, I mean, you have let's say this is our opportunity or only one an opportunity to live. You have one, one, one life to live. Live it well. A good life equals a good death. So, you know, you must try your best. You must practice with diligence, have the patience and diligence. And you will slowly see results. And, you know, you will taste that peace. <clears throat> um, so it's my continuous encouragement for all of you who are new to us or any of us. Um, to try out different methods and, and just to see and ask yourself the hypothesis, you know, huh, where is this going to go? Is this going, are these things that these teachers here today said will lead me a more wiser, kinder, helpful, uh, productive path? Uh oh. Okay, there we go. <laughs> um, and you guys can find me. Uh, you can just Google GDAO Monk on Google. Uh, I'm on all platforms, YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok. But I think uh, GDAO Monk is going to be like the easiest way to find me. And there's plenty of podcasts uh, on there. Uh, but just thank you for, for joining. And, you know, it's a, a lot of fun being here. And I look forward to doing more shows with all of you. Uh, and engaging with all of the questions that you all may have, uh, any Buddhist questions, any questions on peace, mindfulness, uh, so on and so on.
So we're definitely going to have a part two on mindfulness versus mindlessness. Like that is on my schedule now. You guys got to yes, you gotta do it, Dr. Shano. You got to uh, clean yourself. All right, Judy, any final words and how can we find you? Yes. Um, well, at Sudi underline Burnett on Instagram, YouTube, um, any other Facebook, any other platforms. Um, the last word would be if you haven't uh, give this a try um, from the minute that you wake up, know that another part of you, which, I, which we call mind and ego, has also awakened. And um, by asking the question every time the, the thinking machine or the ego is saying something, you can just stop it and ask, who is the one who's asking the question? And whenever you go through these emotions, you don't have to kick the emotion away or, or try to get rid of it as fast as you can. Simply ask yourself, who is the one who's experiencing this? And by knowing that I am not my thoughts, I'm not my feelings, I'm not even my physical body, who am I? I am the one, the ego, who is sitting all the way up there with the lens completely open, seeing the whole picture, and I'm just watching. That's who I am. That's the real me. So don't get tricked and fooled by the ego mind that you are your past and the stories that's repeating and playing day after day. As soon as you choose not to get fooled by that, you are awake and you are enlightened. Thank you, Dr. Sharla, for having us here. This was wonderful. Awesome. Thank you guys too. And for everybody watching, I really do encourage you guys to find out where these guys are, go to all of their links. I'm going to have it all in this post so you can easily click and go find them, read their bios and get more information on them. Go to swiftfire.org and you can, that's where you can find me. I have five of my books out and also all my teachings, um, all the stuff. For if you want to do a soul audit or biofeedback or just need a consultation, definitely check that out and subscribe. Definitely subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That way you're getting all the notifications. We have a lot of great shows coming up. We're here every Thursday at noon central super excited to have all of you again and appreciate you very much for your time i'm gonna have you back so be aware look in your inbox we're gonna set a new date and thank you for everybody who's watching we love having you we love all your comments we appreciate you guys so much and we will talk soon you guys have a great week thank you so much love you guys bye bye